Price I pay to make it home, take control. I make it dope, but not enough to blow. JOs, they lost my flow, but they yo. I don't trust the show. What's up, world, and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff Podcast, where hip hop heads discuss hip hop topics. On today's episode, we'll first discuss Kumo D's controversial rap report card from the 90s that has been recently unearthed for discussion. Then, the crew will dive into the Pick a Legend Challenge, where we'll share what we would rather opt in for a dinner with Jay Z, a blunt with Snoop, a party with Drake, a studio session with Kanye or a drink with Diddy and why. Then we'll discuss sneakers and shoes that hip-hop culture made famous. We'll share some of our worst sneaker stories. And then we'll do an in-depth interview with Reggie, fellow co-host and sneakerhead. Then for our album Face-Off, we'll be putting Home Field Advantage by The High and Mighty against a musical massacre by The Beat Nuts and weigh in on which album we felt was better and why. Then the crew will share what they've been bumping for the week. So with that, please kick back and enjoy the show. Yo, what's good, Vince? What's up, man? What's up? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. I saw, I saw your text, man. You, you, <laughs> you got you a... Uh, Gotta be an early riser tomorrow, huh? Yeah, man, we gotta do a uh, we gotta do a shut up, a shut off for the power. We gotta get there before the other workers get there. So we need about about three hours to shut the power down and switch it over. So wow, yeah. wow, fun, 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 man. Well, when, when you when you gotta do early jobs like that, you get off earlier. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Eleven thirty tomorrow. Oh, cool, cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if you you just doing a long shift or what, man. But that's uh, but that's cool. You know, like you start early, you end early. You probably get off, go see a movie or something. We'll give you some sleep. <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. Get you a nice meal and get you some sleep. Yeah, I need my I need my little naps in my old age. You know. I can't even tell you the last time I, I worked before seven a.m. I think last time I. Earliest I ever worked was maybe like 5 a.m. when I used to work at Corner Bakery. And then at times when I used to work at the bank, I would have to be there at 7. But, oof, 3 o'clock, that's, that's no joke. Yeah, I mean, it's just this one time. It happens every so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. But I, my my regular schedule was 5, so I mean, oh, really? off at one thirty. Oh snap! Okay, okay. So you you kind of used to that. That ain't even a big adjustment for you. Yeah, it's big enough. Three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shoot! Yeah, yeah Dunkin' Donuts ain't open at three o'clock. Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, they are out here. They 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 twenty four seven out here. Oh no, it's different out here, man. The places out here, they still. Um, it's not a lot of places that even do like overnight, like. McDonald's closes at I think nine or ten o'clock. Burger King, wow. yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like back in the um, early late nineties. Remember, remember before Burger King and McDonald's was twenty four hours. Yep, yeah, and they was competing with one another. And one said we'll go twenty four hours, and the other one said, all right, we gonna go twenty four hours too. 
Yeah, that was that was a yeah, that was a minute ago, man. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for a couple more stragglers. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna dive right into these news nuggets. Did you hear about this um this rap report card that resurfaced that Kumo D did? Yeah, I heard about it, but I I don't know too much about it. Um, I did hear about it though. Okay, okay. It's it's not a huge story. It's it's he did a he did a, a rapper report card in the eighties, and then he also did one for the nineties too. But for whatever reason, they've resurfaced. I guess people just was it was a slow media day, and people was looking for something to talk about, and it's resurfaced. And what's noteworthy about it is that he's got people like Jay Z, DMX, Master P. Uh, corrupt red man, Ice Cube, too short, Black Thought. He's got them in the in the '90s one. But what's 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 noteworthy is that he he's got a variety of different categories that he's grading people on. But for instance, people like Jay Z only got like a B, or or like I think it came out to like a, a score eighty two out of hundred, and he got a B. But then like somebody like say uh Keith Murray got a B plus. Ice Cube got a B plus. Uh who else? Hmm. Raekwon. I, I mess with Raekwon, but Raekwon got a B plus. I'm sorry, Raekwon just he not he not a better rapper than Jay-Z. Yeah, you know, so now when I'm hearing this, it's like it feels like a certain age bias is there. Uh, or, 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 or I would say generation bias. Yep, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that because, ironically, for the one he did in the eighties, he gave himself, Melly Mel, and Grandmaster Cass all A pluses. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I wonder why. So it's like, come on, man! Like, like, like I, I get it. You're supposed to be confident in your own skills as an MC. As an MC, you should feel that you're the best, but like, yeah, I don't know. This this list looks kind of disingenuous, you know. Yeah. Um, no, because you are supposed to feel that way, but then there's just there's a reality. But see, that's the difference between like bravado and when you recognize that hey, this person does this at a higher clip than I do it. I need to, you know, step my game up or something like that. Right, 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 right. Like you and you said, this, this, there, there is a difference between bravado and confidence, and uh, being disillusioned, you know, or, or or deluded, I should say. Um, now he did give, he did give Buster Rhymes an A. He gave Method Man an A. He gave Biggie an A plus, and he gave and the person who had the highest score was actually Lauren Hill. With an A plus. What was so, his criteria? So his criteria was vocabulary, articulation, creativity, originality, uh, voice, versatility, stage presence, uh, sticking to themes, and then I can't even read what the last one is. Yeah, I was it. Oh, records as well. Records, like I guess actual, okay, songwriting ability or whatever. Which you know, like that ain't bad though. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's not a bad rubric. You know, it just seems that it's like in hindsight, it's like people like you look at people like Black Thought and who while he gave him a good score, probably needed to have a higher one. Like he I think Black yeah. Thought had like an eighty seven out of one hundred. Yeah. And Ray Quan uh, would probably need a lower one. So like like even a Jay Z when I hear it now that you say it like boys and things of that nature. Speaking of which, <laughs> oh, who we got up in here? Oh, oh. <laughs> but like, because <laughs> you're a king. <laughs> but now thinking about it, um, that rating could be closer to a B. Well, you know, closer to when you start to break down like the criteria and what he was saying. So like, it might be a decent reference if like a an MC was looking to better himself. And you got a peer like critiquing you in a certain way and if you didn't have an ego about it it's like oh well then i can step it up here because honestly speaking the fans aren't going to critique the same way as a peer right right yeah that's that's understandable some people were saying some people were saying they think he was trying to shoot his shot at lauren hill with his list <laughs> hey. I, hey okay i get it, I get it. <laughs> Cause, Cause, this was this was done in '99, so you know what I'm saying. Well, '99, Lauryn Hill was still a hot commodity. You know, it's 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 possible, but but he did come out and say that he was like he was like obviously if I redid this list today, a lot of the scores would be different. You know what I mean? So, um, wow. and in '99, people like Jay Z. Jay Z only had what three albums in '99, and and two of them barely anyone had heard. Yeah, yeah. You know. What up, what up, Jamil? Rodney. Not much, not much. Uh, speak, uh, we, speak, speaking of the king. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we somehow knew that was you, man. <laughs> but oh, all I got to say is, man, old heads be old heading, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, st- I'm, st- I'm kind of getting there. <laughs> I'm glad I'm a DJ because it allows me to think in two different mental spaces yeah you kind of get to see what people respond to you know in real time and you know um and all of that and see you know just kind of see what's moving the needle you know yeah and how people respond to different stuff yeah and i don't, I don't want to get too far away from the um the subject but i don't know if you've had any conversations with like maybe another you know younger nephews or your friends kids or children that's you know, could be around 15 and, and a little bit older. Oh yeah. The way they talk about hip hop or, or rap music or artists, it is so different than the way we talk about. So different. It's like- I mean, what what do you find that they, that they connect with or, or what do you find that resonates with them? Cause I've, I've picked up some things for the most part, but, but what have you picked up? They aren't, they aren't as, other than battle rap other than battle rap they aren't as focused on the lyrics like they it's the beat that drives them more like I I, I will like school them on some entendres that might have snuck past them and they're like oh man I didn't even know that man that makes the song even more dope I'm like so what are you listening to it for (laughs) yeah they you know what the, the young generation they they kind of remind me a little bit of our generation because 
you do have a a small minority of them that do pay attention to lyrics and delivery and they like MCs that they can actually understand what they're saying but at the same time they like a high beat you know they they like something they can move to ride to whatever the case may be and that's kind of how our generation was because like everybody from our generation wasn't no real lyric heads like that I think I mean I think you got space for all of that though um it's funny that this came up though because I was kind of thinking about this in a roundabout way recently I I wonder if the reason why like teenagers now are so not even necessarily against lyrics but it just doesn't even enter their mind until it's pointed out to you it's because their parents wasn't on that like if you think about the younger younger parents and by that I mean like late 20s early 30s um maybe even to like like mid 30s who might begin to have like teenage children um you might mess around and you know your your uh, um, mcs that you grew up on was like the jeezy's and the, the d4l's and the shoddy lows of the world and if that was if them was if them was your people then that's what you're you know what I'm saying it's not like you were um necessarily checking for lyrics for real for real anyway so when it comes down to your kids they don't even have a frame of reference for it and it's not to say that it's good or bad it's just you know what it is it, you know maybe a lack of exposure yeah but I, I i find that with the younger generation when you expose them to good stuff they they respond to it for the most part like i don't i don't find a whole lot of closed-mindedness amongst amongst the younger generation like when when i talk to like you know my, my teenage cousins or whatever if anything like it's it's they're more it's it's just ignorance you know what i mean and i, and I mean that mm -hmm. in the purest form of the word like they just don't yeah. know Lack you know but when you for sure when you when you put them on the stuff they're like oh man this is actually pretty good man the music from y'all's time was, was was pretty banging you know and and it's just it's just a matter of them being exposed and once they're exposed it's like it opens up a, a whole new world of hip-hop for them you know now you do have some who are like gonna be like nah we ain't trying to hear that old stuff you you do have that too but like i said that that was our generation it's like people sure. in our generation we weren't i wasn't checking for houdini and you know what i'm saying the treacherous three and all of that i just i just wasn't that's true because it just it's like that's that's it, it's it's something about like generations because it definitely fits like the time and like you hear this music and it's like you tolerate it more than you actually search it out it's like okay get um uh, uh the beastie boys are home hey yeah that's a dope song then it's like all right when is something else gonna come on you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I got to rock out for a little bit to the Beasties, but you know, let me let me throw this Method Man back on. Let me throw this Red Man back on. You know, like that's that's what I'm really rocking to. But um, you know, it, it it just it just is what it is. It's, it's I, I think they they gotta go through stages of growth like we had to go through it, and you know, at the end of the day, they'll they'll be alright. Yeah. What's good, Reggie? What's going on, fellas? What's up, Not much. Not much. I'm gonna put um I'm gonna put the rest of these news nuggets on ice for the time being because we we do got a lot to get to. 
But real quick, man, the first topic I want to dive into for the night. Um, there's been a, a revision of there, there was there was a, a, tw- a Twitter challenge, not not really a Twitter challenge, but a Twitter question that was going around roughly about a year, year and a half ago where they were asking people would they rather what was it? Would they rather get a half a million dollars or a dinner with Jay-Z or was it or was it 50 grand? Y- y'all, y'all remember what it was? Yeah, I think I think it was like fifty grand. It wasn't a half a meal. Okay, it was, like was five hundred. I thought it was five hundred. Five hundred. Was it? I think it was. Okay. Is the answer. <laughs> well, it, well, it possibly can. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it kind of does for me. Um, they don't change the answer at all. It was the same either way. <laughs> um, but they've it was put- five. It was five hundred thousand. I'm sorry. It was, it was five hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay. I just okay. looked it up. Okay, so so pick between five hundred grand or dinner with Jay Z. With the idea being that with it, in that dinner with Jay Z, he's going to share some like life changing, you know, gems with you that'll you know allow you to be successful, whatever it is you're trying to be successful at. Now, there's recently been a revision on this where they kind of do like a, a multiple choice. And I wanted to, to to pose this question to you all on what you all would pick and why. And it's basically, would you have dinner with Jay-Z, a blunt with Snoop, party with Drake, have a studio session with Kanye, or have a drink with Diddy? Now... <laughs> You know, I, I know my I know my answer. This is this is an easy one for me, but I wanted to put that put it up to you guys. I'll I'll start off with uh let's let's start off with Jamil. What, what was you picking? Why? <laughs> uh, my answer is actually not on here. <laughs> I would swap out Drake for another artist, but I will go with uh with the options that are presented. I'm gonna go with with the drink with Puff. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd rather have a drink with Puff. That's kind of more, kind of more my speed. Okay. Well, as long as you ain't partying with him, because you know how Fabo was looking on when he's on Drake Channel. (laughs) 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 Nah. (laughs) Now, now, why would you? Why would you pick a drink with Diddy? Um, I feel like. Jay-Z is the answer that everybody's gonna go with. And with either one of those two, you could you could probably get some gems out of it. And I think uh the the folks that, that might be around either one of them, you know, you might be able to make some moves just just from who would be in the room. And I think I'd rather have a uh a drink at a top top to top 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 show. <laughs> Than a, than a dinner that I could probably pay for myself. Okay, okay, understood, understood. The appeal for that to me would be like, I, I would love to put some like truth serum in his drink and just ask him what happened during the death row and bad boy days when he was beefing. Like, is it is it true you set this person up? There was a million dollar hit on Suge Knight and Pac. And that's, that's, that's the only reason that would appeal to me. But um, uh, but Vince, man, which which one of these options would you choose? 
Um, uh, like Jamil said, uh, I, I said the dinner with the dinner with um, Jay Z. Um, part of it is because I hope Beyonce will be be there too. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, secondly, is because. I would have my I would have my shot at spitting some bars towards me where that could possibly land me somewhere lucrative. And then also just like just the um he's more interesting to me than Diddy. And Drake, Drake, Drake is not interesting to me like that. Like at all. He's just an artist. Like I, I I'm older than him. No, like, I'm not worried about Drake like that. Like, don't get me wrong, he is Drake, but I'm in out of the options. But like, he, I, you know, or uh, uh, session with Kanye. I feel like I feel like I could parlay talking to Jay Z to a session with Kanye. Mm, okay. Because Jay Z and Kanye, that's his big brother. You know, so. I feel like I could get two and one. <laughs> hey, just like like I said, uh, I mean, just picking his brain seems more more interesting to me than picking Diddy's brain. And somewhere down the line, I think I could end up getting in a studio with Kanye because I'm talking to Jay Z. And Drake is just, he can go party wherever he want to go party. I, eventually, I could probably party with him anyway because. Because <laughs> he'll come with Jay. Jay Z is a channel to every situation there. Indeed, indeed. That's 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 definitely a possibility. Um, What, what about you, Reggie? Um, I'm going for the, uh, the studio session, man. Really? Okay. Yeah, as much as I am a Jay-Z fan, uh, I'm going with the studio session because um, um, that man, uh, Kanye, give everybody publishing that's in the studio. <laughs> Smart. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a known fact. Like, if you just in a room, like, he be putting everybody's name down as a contributor to the producing of the beat or rhyming of the lyrics or whatever that case. So if it's a hit... I may get money for the rest of my life. I don't know how much it'll be, but you know. Plus, it's a story that I'm pretty sure I could tell over and over again at any dinner table. Um, right. You know what I'm saying? Because who knows who's going to be in there? I mean, he was just in a room with the randomest of people, like Madonna, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I forgot it was like the most craziest group of individuals and together. So I just feel like a studio session with him would just be. It would be something that I could, you know what I'm saying, tell forever. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, if you can get that publishing. Now see that that was a little fact so I did not know. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh they, it's a known fact that uh on my twisted dark fantasy, like a guy came in to deliver them food or something, and he told him to sit down and listen to the music. And he actually gave them credit, like in the on for the album. Oh, that's awesome. When they was in Hawaii. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That's like that's life changing, bro. That is that is life changing. Yeah, now like you know, like I said, I don't know what percentage he got, but I'm just saying, like, 
can you imagine that? Like you just went to drop off some food and now, you know what I'm saying? You could forever show the album cover and show your name. Right. And credit getting, for the album. Like. You're getting plaques delivered to your house, you know? Like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, for me, I, I know I know what's dead last on my list. Dead last. For me, would actually be the studio session with Kanye. Like, I just feel that, like, he would just be too much for me, man. I would end up punching him in his mouth. And, <laughs> you know, maybe that might be worth it. I don't know. But, like, I just, I don't, I don't see, I don't see myself blending too well in an environment like that. <clears throat> now, dinner with Jay-Z. Jay, man, Jay-Z is such an introvert, man. Like, he strikes me as the type of dude. He don't, he doesn't. He comes off like he doesn't like talking to niggas that he don't already know. <laughs> like, like, like if I had dinner with him, he would just look at me like, "So, what do you like to do?" You know, <laughs> and like, you know, not not. I'm not going to say he he wouldn't share advice with me, but like, I feel like the advice would be very uh, vague in general. Like, I, I I saw I saw an interview with him recently with. Um, I don't know if y'all seen this little girl, this little black girl. She's like nine or ten years old, but she she like gets these like cool like two minute interviews with like celebrities and everybody loves her. But she did one with Jay Z, and um, you know he was just like, oh, just believe in yourself, you know, have to have the utmost confidence in yourself, blah blah blah, you know. But you know, let's be honest, like people like Jay Z and Puff, they they came up in different times, you know. It, it was different in the 90s versus what it is now in the 20s where you know your your pathway to success is gonna it's gonna take some different turns that less people have navigated you know and when jay and puff were you know in full gear kicking in in full gear they were they were moving in lockstep with other people you know jay had dame and kareem at his side and Puff had Biggie and other artists, you know, that were kind of, you know, f- fueling that train. But um, for me, you know, even though I don't smoke, but if I did, I would go with the blunt with Snoop because everybody else, all these other choices to me have the potential to get really weird really quick. <laughs> you know, and Snoop is just, he comes off as a dude who's just, he's laid back. He don't got a whole lot of ego. He will put you on game. He, he's he's made moves that have been, that have proven to be good for success, but he's also made some mistakes and he's learned from those mistakes from some of the bad moves too. So I feel that he would actually have the most, you know, game to like lay down on, him, you know, and plus, you know, I'm not saying I do, but if I did, you know Snoop got that bomb, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what make you think he's giving out life advice in the middle of passing the blunt, though? Um, well, the, Snoop the, ain't giving would, no game. He about to smoke and smoke some more. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I can also see him. He seems to be the one most likely to do a collaboration too. And be like, yeah, I'll put you on the record. You can spit a little. I'll put you on the record. Like he seems to be the one most likely to do that. He, I, I just feel like I just feel so like much work lately. I just feel like if I, I just feel like if I had a smoke or blunt with Snoop, like it would be, I would be so hot that I probably wouldn't even be able to enjoy the moment. 
<laughs> yeah, you probably had to right. do some some training uh, blunts before you smoked with Snoop, because <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, this is the the smoking Olympics right here. <laughs> I know I know one thing with Snoop though. If he like dude instantly loves people, so if he vibe with you, you gonna be with him for for life. Exactly, exactly. Like, like, and he's the one with, like I said, with the least ego. He seems to be the one who's the least weird, you know. And it would just, I, I think that would be a good time. I think that would be a good time. Now, honestly, like, I think a partying with Drake, Drake would be a good time too. Like, now, if you're talking to twenties, me, if I was still in my twenties, I'm, I'm taking oh, a party with Drake. That's one hundred percent. A younger me, I'm going with Drake. Like, yeah, Drake, where we going? You know, <laughs> like that—that that, that sounds like that might be a good time. You know, and, and as far as far as the Jay Z thing too, it's like, you know, I—I I don't know how many sit downs Meek Mill had with Jay, and he's still fighting for just his royalties. You know, so you know, a person's wisdom doesn't necessarily transfer through osmosis. You know. By just being around a person, so you ain't even gotta go as far as Meek Mill. You can go in his inner circle. Memphis Bleak yeah. ain't nobody been closer than that. Yeah, but but Meek, like like, what was it? Not Meek. Uh, Memphis. He what did he say? He was saying that uh, as long as Jay Z's alive, like he'll always be set or something. Or like, I think he he's just on, he's on like a million dollar stipend, yearly stipend or something. Right. Y'all remember hearing hearing him say that? Um, I mean, I don't know that. about that, but I mean, he does have a job. I mean, you know, he runs Doucet. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, McMill. Yeah. I mean, not McMill. Uh, Memphis Bleak is in charge of Doucet. He's the he's the brand ambassador. So he is the reason why it's in every club and every you know, I guess place that serves liquor that's uh, not like a regular bar. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. Yeah, he's he's a brand ambassador. Okay. Yeah, I still do say it. I didn't even know that. Yeah. You better step it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that I don't know that that's necessarily gonna be the reason why you <laughs> up in your order though. I don't know he gotta do anything. He's he doing what he's supposed to because niggas love do say. Yeah, yeah. That they do. That they do. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, he <laughs> He the brand ambassador for Ducey. Okay, okay. Yeah, I had no idea that they, 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 he was doing that. But um okay, okay, cool. That was that was just something, man. I wanted to I wanted to throw <laughs> throw out there for, for the crew. Real quick, our next topic, we're gonna be diving into hip hop and sneaker culture. And let me pull up this article. This article is from um Lloyd Fishow dot com and it's an article that was posted earlier this month entitled eight sneaker trends that started with hip-hop and i just wanted to get y'all's feedback on these if these sneaker brands do y'all agree with these sneaker brands or sneaker styles being on the list and if they had any um if they had any impact on you and and the type of shoes you bought or if you went for these types of sneakers or whatever because we all know uh, a big part of hip-hop is fashion you know and the hip-hop culture and and, and sneaker culture are, are pretty much inseparable 
and uh, you know, hip hop has made a lot of a lot of brands famous. You know, beyond just sneakers, but it kind of it kind of started with sneakers. Now, the first one is kind of a no brainer: the Adidas Superstars, aka the Shell Toes, made oh. famous by Run DMC. Yeah, y'all y'all agree with this one? This one being on the list, I take it. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. All right, all right. Did y'all did y'all rock shells? Any of y'all rock shells holes? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I like the Samoas better, but yeah, I had some shell toes. The Samoas was dope. The Samoas was dope. Yeah, I, I stayed shell with. Shell toes was uh, two for ninety at one point. Ah uh, man, you can get them cheaper than that. Um, well, now, now, but when they was a little more, uh, little more heat attached to them. That was going right. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Now the next one, me and me and Reggie, me and you, we we uh we talked about this uh, off wax. Um, this next one was, is the Air Force Ones. And it says here, it says the Air Force One has always been one of hip hop's go-to sneakers. Like Run DMC with my Adidas hip hop artist Nelly dropped one of the biggest sneaker anthems of the early 2000s with his song Air Force Ones. Um, then it talks about with rappers such as Aesop Rocky and Travis Scott making it a staple in hip hop. Are y'all fans of Air Force One? Oh, definitely. absolutely. Anybody, anybody from Chicago, of course. If you ain't like, I don't think anybody our age. Everybody had to have at least a pair of Air Force One. I now, if, oh, go ahead, Jamil. No, I'm gonna say if, if nothing else, you had the all white joints. Even yeah. if you wasn't collecting them. Like for real, you at least had the white ones. Yeah, I, I I I respect Air Force Ones, but I've never owned a pair. You've never owned a pair of ones, man. Wow. Never. Wow. never. They were so accessible, man. They used to be only what, 75 bucks? Well, that was probably part of it. I I, I didn't want to rock what other people was rocking. So I never I never went in for the Air Force Ones. I thought it was a decent looking shoe. That makes but sense. I just never went in for them like like especially like after they really pop now here's something i, I discussed with reggie they they talk about the air force ones having a resurgence in the 2000s but i remember in the 90s then the late 90s in, at least in here in chicago air force ones were already popping yeah i rem yep. i remember seeing them like no later than like 96 97 on people's feet oh yeah yeah. But I don't know, like Nelly kind of gets the credit for this whole like Air Force One craze. And it's like, yeah, I don't, that's not how I remember it. Like, I just, just, nah, it, boy, in my opinion, but you know, it's different areas and different regions. So like, I only can speak for Chicago, but um, I think he just was smart to put his, to get it, him, him being the guy to make the song about it. Right, right. Now, now maybe, I don't know, maybe down there it was something new and popping that he was like, all right, cool, I'll make a song about it. And then, like, it just caught on. But, like, yeah, here, like, by the time Nelly caught on to it, like, like to me, like, Air Force Ones were kind of passe. Yeah. Especially for our age group, them, that would have been, like, teenagers was probably doing that. But I, I don't think the the ones was just a Chicago thing. Um, if you listen to if you listen to like early nineties music or whatever, you you'll hear the references to it. They just didn't call it ones out east. They called them uptowns. So you'll hear 
people refer to the shoe even if we didn't realize what they was talking about so i think you're right and like this this has been a, a staple for a while especially since it had been so accessible it wasn't it wasn't really that expensive until nelly dropped his song quite honestly yeah 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 go, go ahead though i'm sorry no no that's true i mean um uh new york was forever wearing them chicago was forever wearing them you know new york and chicago in terms of fashion we kind of be right there with each other um but yeah like especially a ones thing like we always been wearing ones if i'm not mistaken and hearing nelly talk about it on a radio station before something like that they were just somewhere and they were just able to buy a bunch of them and then it just allowed them to go to the studio and they just start rapping about it you know what i mean uh-huh. and i think i was telling telling you uh in like at that time you know, like jerseys was real big, and I think they had their own clothing line out. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of colors was was popping, and a lot of different things. So I think the fact that Air Force Ones was coming out with so many different variations, it just allowed them to be uh, a staple shoe for that time period. And again, it caused a craze with Nelly making that song, and then again that caused the shortage in them as well as the rise and the price of them. yeah 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 and then people started customizing on them to make them look different and correct you know putting a different you know like gucci uh you yeah. know uh um, cindy or louis vuitton prints on them or whatever so yeah that was yeah but i that that was interesting jamil i didn't know they used to call them uptowns yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've been calling them uptowns. Yeah, but I, I'm, dude, I remember in the late '90s, man. They they had them in every color you could think of because they had the they had the ones with the jail swoosh as opposed yep. to the leather swoosh, and those were ones that were actually cheaper. And everybody was rocking them, girls, boys, whatever. Yeah, but, I think um, I seen mostly girls with the with the jail swoosh in them. They were uh, they used to have like the the, the lighter colors, the pastel joints. Right. The, right. And then in that that part too, they were mids was real heavy. Yeah. So that's the the ones with the uh, strap attached to the shoe. Those are yeah. real popular at that time. Um, but all whites, they always been classics. That's been classics maybe even before the late nineties. You know what I mean? Like in grammar school, kids was rocking the the low top ones. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that's what I saw them in grammar school. Well, moving right along, we have the Nike Air Jordan 1s. Um, I don't remember seeing a whole lot of hip-hop cats wearing these. They were just kind of popular because of the fact that they were Jordans. Yeah, I don't... To, to be honest with you, I don't know no rapper that was wearing Jordans, Air Force, I mean Jordan 1s, at the time Mm-mm. that they were out. Mm-mm. It wasn't a popular shoe at that time. No, no. Uh, Jordan didn't really get popular to maybe the three, the three, four, and the five, and that's really because of the assert the. Uh, that's really due to people like uh, Different World, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah Fresh Prince, Fresh uh, Prince, Different World. Um, they made it popular, and I think because of that, you know, what I'm saying maybe hip hop people started kind of wearing them, but even then, they still wasn't that. I don't think that popular. No, because back then, like, if a shoe came out 
and then they they released like the upgrade like they didn't keep them in circulation like that they just didn't keep making them you know they they will move on to the next shoe you know what i mean and, and then just start producing right. those like it wasn't until like it wasn't until like the late 90s maybe early even the early 2000s that they started like reproducing retro shoes yeah yeah well i mean too they wasn't selling out so i mean you could i mean george used to go on sale right so again you know what i'm saying you might have had a rapper wearing them just because you know they wanted to buy them or maybe they was a fan but it again it wasn't that popular in terms of like people were going to get them because this rapper was was wearing them that that didn't happen until kanye and them start wearing them yeah i think with jay's it was more of a dope boy thing than a rapper thing to be honest with you it was still a, a similar status symbol but i don't think the rappers were the ones that were setting the trends with that it was yeah it was the drug dealers because they would you know when they were when uh the jays were releasing a couple different colorways they would they had a plug so they make sure they get you know whatever colorways were there and would wear the two different ones when uh when they came out or you would have you know make sure they, that they had the ones that wasn't out on the street yet yeah it's that and um you i think in them jordan shoes back then it was more about that basketball players were really grabbing those like from what i remember i don't know i think it was i think uh, it was universal i think it was nah, universal yeah it definitely was a lot of people wearing them um but jamil right it was a lot of dope boys that was wearing them um but like i said if like i said i don't remember really remember any rappers really heavy on the sneakers until you start seeing like i said the them tv show uh cats wearing them and i mean don't get me wrong though in chicago jordan was always worn. but i was i was telling in this too like you know you gotta remember like at the time that jordan was hate i mean playing like yeah people knew jordan was the man but you know he also was hated so you couldn't right. be in New York rocking Jordans like that. You know what I'm saying? Because people were Knicks fans and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't that popular outside of Chicago like that. You know what I mean? Like it just wasn't, you know? You think so? I would think oh, New York of all places I mean, probably would have had love for him because of the Spike Lee connection. Yeah, I mean, they, I, were, they, were, they were wearing them, but it wasn't, it wasn't like we were wearing them. If you understand what I'm saying. Sense. So like you might have had cats that was more into fashion or like being uh you know like what you call it like uh the first with stuff. But yeah. I remember hearing a lot of people from New York saying like they didn't really own or wear Jordans that's like our age because it wasn't popular to wear Jordans because it was the, you know what I'm saying it was the Bulls, we the Knicks. Like they just didn't do it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna I'm 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 go through these next few real quick. Um, this one's a no brainer. Timberland boots. Um, oh, that's a no brainer. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, dude, I I, I keep a pair of Tims. I, I I've worn Tims with shorts in the summer. I, proudly, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, like whoever got a problem with it, they can fight me. You know. I, I don't even know who got them. Who? If New York or Chicago, which who wears it more? I don't even know. Oh, definitely. Oh, it's, New York. it's definitely New York. Definitely New York. One hundred percent. It's not even. One, it's not even close. Man, you can up that one thousand percent. It's definitely <laughs> New York. Okay, definitely New York. 
Yeah, because 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 in Chicago, like, yeah, you you did have other boots you could wear. We we did have other options. We would we were exercise like for the brief brief moment. Lugs was then still in style. You had those. Lugs. You had um. You had Havana Joe's. Yeah, and then you had Nike boots. New York had the Wallabies too. I was just about to about to bring those up. The, the Wallaby Clarks did, um, which was made popular by um, Wu Tang Clan, and, and to a lesser extent, Biggie. Did Did y'all mess with Wallabies? Absolutely. Man, I love. I, had, I only had a couple of pair of them, but they was always fly. And they comfortable. Yeah. Like, 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 like. Most importantly, they comfortable, man. But like. I remember being in high school and trying to find some, and I found some at this boutique on the north side, <clears throat> but they were like three hundred dollars. And I was mm. like, I was like, that man, what that's happening in high school? No, that that's that was two paychecks for me back then. Right. So I was like, man, I'm gonna wait on these. But but now, I mean, you might find some that'll still run like around three hundred. But I mean. Every so often, you might see a pair for like sixty, seventy dollars. You know, my thing but, is now with, with with shoes, comfort and how well the shoe is made is is the most important thing. So three hundred dollars for a good pair of shoes really ain't that much, especially yeah, for something that's gonna last you for a long time. Yeah, if it's gonna last me six or seven years, yeah, yeah, I'll pay that no problem. Right. Hey, y'all, y'all forgot about for a second, man. Them ACGs was hot too. Yeah. ACG, the Nike, boots. the Nike boots. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah. Um. Next up, we got the Puma suede joints. That's um, a fact. Oh yeah. Yeah, I stayed with some Pumas. Yeah, Pumas was really like back in the breakdance and hip hop days. Right. Yeah, we used to right. wear them when we used to break because they was kind of like the um they were actually the more comfortable alternative to to the shell toes. Cause the shell toes weren't weren't that comfortable to break in, um, or or anything. <laughs> yeah, not that's comfortable too. <laughs> yeah, they just weren't comfortable. But but the Puma, my only problem with the Pumas was that they were suede, so you really had to keep them up, and you couldn't you couldn't wear them if it rained. You couldn't wear them if you was you know going to do something and be really active. I remember mm. I had a I had a pair of like red and white ones, man, with with the. They they were nice, man, and I, I I had a little too much to drink at one of my my homeboy's house, and I was walking out on the porch and just like just tossed my cookies all over them shoes. Dang. And um yeah man yeah I, that was <laughs> that was a sad night, but um <laughs> next up I don't even want to dignify this with a response. The Patrick Ewing thirty three highs. Hey man, that's the them the hey. crosses, man. That's a big. That was a big hip hop shoe, though. Those it was. Chris was it? Chris, I know. Chris Cross wore them on um, and you know, in the front of their album. That was the album cover. Totally yeah. crossed out. Wow. Yeah. They had the mules. Stepped out, put on my jeans and my ewans. Wow. I mean, that was the only reason people was was messing with them at all. <laughs> it, I mean, they had a, they had a hot summer, but yeah, they last. they had a. No, they they was they was kind of ill. They had uh, they were different. Got a belt buckle on them. They were different. I just seen some recently (laughs) though. Like they, I guess they re-released them. They was actually kind of fire. No, I didn't know he had. I didn't know he had those many that many different type of designs. He got like seven or eight of them. (laughs) 
Like more than that, bro. Man, I know, man. Man, they look like they made out of Teflon plastic or something. <laughs> I, I don't recall a whole lot of cats in Chicago rocking no Ewings, man. I do. I do, I do. too. I mean, because I had a pair. It wouldn't have been our age. <laughs> really? It was, it was a lot of the, a I lot had a pair. I was a shorty, though, when I had like, <laughs> I definitely had a pair, though. Wow. I, wow. I mean, like, we talking like, I had to be like Mr. seven or eight, but I had them. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Imagine hooping in them, them eight pound shoes. All right, that 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 brings me to my 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 next follow up question for y'all. I wanted to ask the crew, what was the wackest pair of sneakers you ever were forced to wear in your youth? You bringing back trauma, man. <laughs> so I won't say that I was forced to wear them because I asked for them. I just didn't get the ones I was I was looking for. <laughs> and I don't remember. I don't remember who who like what the brand was. It wasn't it wasn't L.A. Gear though. I know that. Um, but you remember the light up joints? Yeah. So all every every kid wanted to light up shoes. And um, I did not get the LA Gear light up shoes. I got another one. It wasn't. They wasn't. They wasn't the Payless joints. I know that. I just can't remember who who it was. It was some competitor of LA Gear. It might have been like BKs or somebody. Oh like no! That. You got them from Payless. Those were LA lights. They were kind of like the knockoff from LA Gear. Nah, it wasn't those. So that was uh, <laughs> we was broke, but that was one thing. My mama was very uh adamant about she would not she would not take us to pay less not, not my mom my mom went out her way to get us terrible cheap shoes man yeah, trauma <laughs> i tell you the what the, the wackest pair of sneakers i ever had was some straight up they were i was in second grade man they was some they was some this straight up pro wings like 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 they were black with a velcro strap man they were oh, like no. they were black and white. They looked terrible, man. And like, bruh, I, I I I still have nightmares about them shoes, man. Like, like, and my brother, and my brother had he had the XJ 900s but my shoes were so bad, the XJ 900s would have been a upgrade. <laughs> oh no. That's terrible. Man, what like I might be the oldest out of all of y'all on here. So, because I I'll be forty in April. Oh um, snap! Yeah, that crazy. Don't Sorry, that sounds crazy saying it out loud. Now. But um, yeah, I had them. I had them Bill Cosby joints or them them uh, Theodore Huxtables growing up. Like you know, uh-huh. things is called, but I had them. But like in third grade, was it third grade? Nah, actually, it was fifth grade. Cause this is why I made a stand, man. I was ready to get a whooping. <laughs> I wasn't ready no more. My father, cause you know, this is when my feet just started growing out of nowhere. Like my feet had grew two different shoe sizes within the same year. And you know, that's not, that's that's a no-no cause we ain't had no money like that. So like we was, man, we would wear shoes until like, you know, the rocks would get caught in the bottoms cause it got the little, the little rubber flap. Cause you know, worn, you know, where it's like a hole in the shoe. 
So he mm-hmm. caught up in him and whatnot. Yeah, I remember that situation. Everybody probably had that polite. But um yeah, my father brought home some shoes. It didn't even come in a it didn't even come in a box, man. I don't even know what the name of it was. They had just the back of the shoe tassels. They had that little, little clear plastic thing wrapped around it. Oh, oh no. he brought them boys. He brought them boys in the house. On he his got them from the gas station, <laughs> right? The grocery store or something. Yeah, he, right. hey, man. Remember that the store back in the day called Farmore off of Eighty Seventh in Harlem or something like that? That's where he got them from. He got them He came in the crib. With, it was on his finger, man. He was walking in the house. <laughs> oh, no. They, they didn't even put him in no box. <laughs> they weren't even in the box. And I don't even remember what name it was. All I know is it was red, white, and blue. And I couldn't, think about, I couldn't help but think about the American flag. And I was Hey man, that's probably the funniest thing ever that they didn't come in a box. <laughs> Dude, this is, this is a shame. Dude, man. shoes, shoes that don't come in a box gotta be the worst shoes ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even even pro wings <laughs> came in a box. <laughs> that's where the trauma came in. That had to be that had to be a tough couple weeks of school, Jack. It is, bro. It was a, it was three days. I said I ain't wearing them no more. I had told them. <laughs> Not many whoopings you give me. I ain't wearing them no more. So I started I started working, man. I got my first pair of Nike Airs with that. I said never again. Never well, again. I still hear the pain in your voice now. Dude, that's why that's why I spent so much money on my son's shoes. And he loves phones. So that's the most expensive retail shoe out there, like just regular. You ain't oh. never lied. Do phones. Even for your oh, kids. Dude, that's yeah. funny. Um my situation was uh they were definitely some payless shoes. I can't remember it. It don't even matter, they were payless shoes, but <laughs> I just remember that. I had some Air Raids. I don't know if y'all remember Air Raids. Mm-hmm. But they were a gray and black shoe. They had straps that crossed the shoe. Yeah. Uh, some of them had the peace sign in it. You know what I'm saying? But those are Nikes. They were yeah, called Air Raids. So I was wearing them. And, you know, back then, kids was outside. So I was wearing them like crazy, playing, running. And I put a hole in them. But the hole was like it was it was workable like i could have still worn and i'd have been happy you know what i'm saying but what happened was i was going to like a gathering of some sort you know what i'm saying i remember it was gonna be some girls there oh and, and i remember though i'm like i'm going to this party so i'm like hey man i'm just gonna rock these these air raids my mom would not let me wear the air raids and so it was me and like all my cousins plus my little brother and she didn't want to just buy me and my brother some shoes without buying my cousin some shoes. So in order for everybody to get a pair of shoes, she took all of us to pay less. <laughs> cut the budget, had to cut, cut, cut the budget down. So I had to wear these pay less shoes. I'm talking about, I think I cried. Like, Dude, because I just, I told him, I'm like, I'm not going. Like, I, I called, <laughs> I called to like the, the, the girls that was throwing the party. I'm like, look, I'm not gonna be able to make it. They was like, oh, you know, Whatever. I'm like, my mom was like, no, he's coming. Like, don't worry about it. And like, they made me go to this party, G, with these folks. And uh, I mean, like, I'm scarred from, like, to be honest with you, because. Did did anybody, did anybody flame you? No, I don't even think, like, nobody even recognized it. Because even at that time, like, I think I was a little ahead of what we were as kids, even then, just because of 
some of the influences I had above me. So I don't even think they were checking for them, but it was just the fact that I knew. You know what I'm saying? Like I was roasting myself. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) at the party. Feel your pain, Red. But uh, yeah, that was that's my tough story. Yeah, well, I was getting roasted at school. They man, they was heating me up, man. Well, I, I figured out a secret, like, cause like I used to ride my bike a lot, and when I would when I would stop on my bike, I would drag my shoe, and you know, on, the, on you know how you drag your shoe along the pavement to slow down or whatever, and I figured out, yo, if I do that, I could work a hole in the toe pretty quickly and get some new shoes and make the argument like, oh, these shoes is cheap, they falling apart. And I did that all the way up until about maybe like sixth grade. And then my, my parents finally, finally bought me some Nikes. Because I was never, I never asked for like no Jordans and nothing like that. I just don't want to wear no no trash. It's just going to get me flame. Exactly. But right, I wanted right. a Nike. I wanted a swoosh. I didn't even, I was just, I didn't even want any Nike Airs. Because remember when the Air started coming out, it was like, all right, yeah. now we got to step up to that. I just yeah. wanted a Nike. Yeah, you could have bought me Reebok, yeah. Adidas, whatever. I would have been happy. Just don't get me what you've been getting me. Like, the, 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 I would have been cool with some Monarchs, man. Give me some of them Nike Monarchs. <laughs> <laughs> the they, they just got me like the nondescript joints. Just like, just just no, no was... identification on the shoe whatsoever. It's like, no, just. And, and, and like, there's a lot of middle ground between that and Jordan's. Like, because my mom, yeah. be like, I'm not paying $120. That's like, you ain't got to. But you can pay 40 and give me some likes. Right. 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 Some, some, I mean, it was plenty of other other NBA players that was, that had some decent shoes that, that didn't break you over the, <laughs> break the bank on you. Man, at least they had a, as long as they had a box, I would have been happy. That's <laughs> <laughs> tough. That like, I had nightmares about this still, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I don't feel dad, so your dad bad got anymore. a free bag of cereal with them shoes. <laughs> yeah, horrible, man. I couldn't believe it. Like he literally came in there with it on his finger. I'm like, <laughs> that's hilarious, dude. <laughs> Swinging it like a uh, <laughs> like a revolver. And he, was, and he he was looking at me like I was ungrateful. I'm like, look, man, I I will get whooped every day. I'm not wearing it. He was like, you gonna kill him at school tomorrow, boy. I'll be hooping in hard shoes before I went in. Oh, that's that's hilarious, man. That's hilarious. But um we gonna um I'm gonna dive into an interview, man. Um I I got I got Reggie on here and what I wanted to do, man, I wanted to interview a a true blue sneakerhead, man, died in the wool sneakerhead. You know, Red, Reggie's not the only sneakerhead I know, but he is the one who I feel most comfortable with. And, um, you know, just ask him some questions about his own sneakerhead habits and sneakerhead culture in general. And he hasn't heard any of these, any of these questions. This is completely off the cuff. So you'll get the unfiltered Reggie tonight. <laughs> and if y'all got any questions y'all want to ask, like, like, please feel free to shoot. But... Uh, first of all, Reggie, man, I wanted to ask you, when did you become financially invested in being a sneakerhead? Um, financially invested, it was probably 98. 1998, I had to be about 15. That was my first job. Okay. I was, I was working for the high school. And that little money 
they they gave me I was at the sneaker store every check I mean like like clockwork I would get my check I would go straight to the currency exchange and from the currency exchange to the nearest sneaker store <laughs> oh wow okay okay so so it's been about what is that 98 it's 20, 20 24 years okay okay now how how would you how would you define a true sneakerhead is it are, are there perpetrate sneakerheads out there or is there a is there an actual i guess you could say some prerequisites one must must gain first before they can be dubbed a sneakerhead um yeah i mean to me to be honest with you i don't know like i guess i guess sneakerheads are what they are you know what i'm saying i don't know if we gave ourselves that term but with that being said, like there are certain people that would be sneakerheads over others. So with that being said, like you have a lot of fakers and posers that just have money, so they buy everything that they see as popular, but they don't really know like when it came out or anything linked to it. They just know or buy it because it's expensive and it's rare, uh, or they feel like they can get some resale on it. Like a true sneakerhead, in my opinion, is a person that wouldn't shoot. So you don't buy it just to put it on the shelf and like just tell people you got them or to at some point later on, you know what I'm saying, flip them. Like in my opinion, a sneakerhead wears his shoes. So like me, for example, every shoe I bought, I wear them or about to wear them or going to wear them. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'll jump in for with a question here. Go, ahead, go right ahead. So, what's your overall view on the resale game? Like, do you think that has Good question. Uh, ruined or improved the whole sneaker culture, or do you think it is it, just a fact? Uh, it's just part of it, but it doesn't really change anything. No, it definitely ruined it um, because um, you have basically people in it just for the money. So, you know what I'm saying? At one point, you know, the sneaker culture, I put it like that, the sneaker culture was a bunch of people that had a love for the shoe, whether it be the design, whether it be what it was linked to, the story, whatever the case may be, you have mm-hmm. people that was genuinely in love with the shoe. And so myself included, I can go to these stores and we would stand in line for the shoes to be dropped. We'll be waiting in line. And I mean, it would be the same guys in line with me mm-hmm. every time the shoe dropped. And I would know them only because of that you know what i'm saying but all of a sudden once people started realizing that there was monetary value in the resale of it now you had people you know paying extra money to get in the front of the line uh you had the people that was in the store that worked for the store they get paid to back door to shoes so it just changed everything and it just kind of became like a love hate relationship with it now because now if i genuinely love the shoe for whatever reason it makes it that much harder for me to get it versus right. somebody just buying it just because they want to make some money off of it. Yeah, now you got to spend 50 to $100 more, maybe even more than that. Oh, definitely more than that. I would gladly pay 50, 50 or 100 bucks over retail for something I really wanted, but that ain't yeah. an option no more. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're talking, you're talking four figures <clears throat> now, but... Yeah. Um, so, so you kind of touched on something that made me curious, Reggie. Uh, you were talking about the people you see when you would go buy certain shoes when they would drop. So, would you say that in, in the in the in the beginning days of it, 
sneakerheads, y- y'all kind of were able to form y'all. It was kind of like a sense of community there. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, to this day, like I can run into people and they be like they would know me just from that. Like, I mean, like I'm talking about all over the city. Like, I was able to like just build a relationship because they know I'm coming in to buy whatever the issue is or whatever was hot or whatever the case may be. They may not even know me by name, but if I see them, you know, they be like, oh man, what's up? You know, and it was just purely off, you know what I'm saying? Us being in line, standing in line to get the shoes. And then it's crazy because like we standing in line, people telling stories of, you know, when they was, you know, they got shoes and nobody was in line or, you know, somebody sold them some shoes for a little bit of nothing. They couldn't believe it. You know, it's it was. It was a community and like almost like a kind of like a, a brotherhood or, you know, it wasn't just guys in line. It was girls in line too, but it was kind of a community for just buying the shoes. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Now, roughly, uh, how many pairs of sneakers would you say you own? Uh, currently? You saying currently? Yeah, yeah, currently. I'm probably at about maybe like 130. Mm, okay. 100, 130 pairs. What was your what was what's your cap? What's what's been your your highest amount of shoes you, you think you might have had at one time? Ooh, probably two to three hundred. Ooh, roughly. Man, I thought I had a lot of shoes, man. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm just thinking about space. And, and you, I don't you even know where I would put a hundred boxes in the in the. Yeah, it get, it get kind of outrageous, and then it gets to a point where I'm not really, like, because, okay, because some shoes resonate with me differently. So, like, I might have bought a shoe just because I always wanted them when I was a kid. So I might have worn them and then, like, never really worn them again. Not because I don't like them, but just because I got so many other shoes, and then I'll end up falling in love with one pair, and then I end up wearing them a lot. So what happened was I would end up selling them or getting rid of them. But I'm not necessarily like trying to get like a whole bunch of value. A lot of time I'm just trading them in to buy another shoe that I know I'm gonna wear. So sometimes I might have to trade in five to get one. You know what I mean? Um, but I started selling them to like, or I giving them to my grandfather, uh, a couple of my friends who got kids, who feet was growing. They was like, yo, you know, you got some shoes? And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, so I was selling them shoes for like $60, you know, but they in the stores, 100, 150. Cause I know they, you know, they kid, you know, was trying to look fly in high school and I got them, I'm not wearing them. So why not go ahead and let them profit off of them. So I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that when Keaton feet start growing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what was going on though. Uh, but yeah, so like roughly now I got about 130 and I don't have no boxes no more because Again, I wear every shoe, so there's no need for me to hold on to the box. As soon as I get it, I throw the box away. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, now, has anyone ever tried to make you feel, um, may, may, tried to shame you for your your sneaker collecting, uh, or your sneaker collection, or your sneaker buying habits? And if so, what was your response? No, I never, I never really got that um, from nobody. I mean, outside of maybe like my parents. You know what I mean? Like, you know, saying something like, dude, you don't need all these shoes or why you keep buying shoes. That's probably about it. I mean, even my my wife has never said anything about 
for my shoes. I mean, if I'm buying them, then it's like, if, and maybe if I buy too many in, in, in a row, you know what I'm saying? She started saying like, why you keep, you know, where, where you getting all this money from? Then that might be a question. But it's never been a question of like, you know, um, why do you have so many shoes or somebody trying to make me feel bad about having all these shoes. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, that's good. Now, do do sneakers, do your sneakers reflect something more about your personality, identity, or values? Um, Maybe, I, I mean, I guess maybe identity, we kind of talked about that. Like, a lot of my sneaker habit just comes from not being able to get shoes as a kid, you know, for whatever reason, parents didn't want to buy them or um, just being too expensive. So, you know, you grow up, you get a little money. And so now you trying to like relive that those that time period. Um, and I think, uh, and then in terms of identity, I think, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Most people that know me or know, yeah, know me, like they know me for having shoes. Uh, and that's not really like because I wanted to be known for that. It's just is what it is. Like I've just been that guy that always have, you know what I'm saying, some new shoes on or like the latest shoes on. And it's not by like, you know, design or like I'm trying to live up to this hype. It's just what I'm into. I you know what I'm saying? There's no other rhyme or reason. Yeah, yeah. As, as long as I've known you, that's sneakers have just been that's that's your jam. You know, I don't yeah. think I since high school, like, I don't think I've ever seen you in the same pair of shoes twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you, when you got a lot of them, it's, it's, you, you can kind of do that. Uh, it made me like, I'm like, man, how many shoes is he on? <laughs> I know, I know. And then, like, you know, when we was when we was younger, man, you know, like shoes wasn't necessarily as expensive. So. You can get a pair of Sockenies for $60, you know what I mean? So if I got $120, I might buy a two pair. So now I'm, you know, rotating them a little bit and, you know, throwing whatever other shoes I got. And, you know, you mix an Air Force One in there and, you know, all of a sudden it either looked like you got a lot of shoes or, you know, let's just say even if you got five pair in high school, that's a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it's just, you know. Just be, kind of became that thing. I blame I blame Don for that though. Believe it or not, like uh, <laughs> just when I was younger and seeing him, you know, into sneakers and coming to my house unboxing sneakers, it was just like, dude, what is these? You know what I mean? Like I can almost vividly remember like the day like I started basically like a love for sneakers. Like I can remember the the day like is that vivid in my mind as as well as like a staple into who I am and why I buy it. And he was like, from that day on, he was like, I, I got to have, I got to have yeah, the collection. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the uh, Harachis, the ones that uh, the Michigan was wearing for, that they oh. were known for. Mm -hmm. okay. the, yeah, that they were wearing the baggy shorts and the black socks, you know what I mean? Like I vividly, and so, so to this day, I've bought that shoe probably seven or eight times over. Oh, wow. Because oh every time it comes out, I have to buy it. Because like that is what I remember. And it's like, I have a pair now that I wear pretty frequently, just cause. And so when I beat them up, I'll probably buy another pair. Like it's just, is what it is. They wildly comfortable too, so. Yeah, they are, and they <laughs> light, you know what I mean? Yes. They go with a lot of stuff, like. Yep. Um, and, and I only bet a white pair. I've never bought any other pair but the white pair. Really? 
Yeah, because that was a pair that I, that I remember. I just, I had never seen a shoe that nice looking, like in person. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, that's the Fab Fab shoe. Like everybody, you know what I mean? It was just like, <laughs> I remember how much he told me. He's like, man, I paid $140 for these or something like that. And I'm like, dang, $140. And I'm just, you know, it's just, I remember to having the conversation with him. Like, I remember the shoe. Like, I just remember so much about that day. And like, like I said, I will ever, forever buy that shoe. How, how old were you? That was 92, so I was nine. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now, what do you think about the idea of shoes being art and putting certain sneakers in a museum? Are you down with that idea? And if so, why or why not? Um, I think I think sneakers should be in a museum. I think it is art. I think that a lot of these, these designers um, did a lot were very creative in making shoes and designing shoes and the storyline that they have with them to me is amazing um so i think for that reason yeah they should be in the, in, in the um in the museum they, and then they should be seen you know what i mean like yeah. um i mean like even if you, if you look at virgil a lot of people talk about like he didn't really do nothing to the shoe he just changed this and changed that but like if you ever really like look at the description and why he did with because he has like a very like paragraph or two description as to why he did this and what this represents and like when you look at the detail and how much thought he put into it it's like okay like this is a work of art whether or not you like it or not like this was art in terms of his mind and how he deconstructed it to make it an actual wearable shoe gotcha okay now, my next question, does, does being a sneakerhead affect how you go about shoe buying with your son? Has absolutely. any of your habits trickled down to him? It absolutely affects what I buy for my son, but it has yet to trickle down to him. And I'm okay with that. Um, but like, I know I'm never buying him nothing crazy because in my mind, I'm roasting him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like, and I feel like kids, even though it seems like the kids nowadays are not as cold hearted as we were, because I think of the culture, the dynamic of the culture, and just in, in the world scene, it's changed. Like, you can't talk about kids, you can't, like that, that kind of is no longer, I'm not gonna say it's no longer in school, but it's kind of like, it's not as intense as when we was in school. You get roasted, I don't care how old you was, like, Yep. This was cruel, man. You know what I mean? Like you could be a third grade, a sixth grader come and just roast a third grader. Cause I mean it just was what it was. Like <laughs> it, it had no rhyme or reason. And I and I I vividly remember that and I be trying to tell my son that and he like completely oblivious to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but because of it, like I'm not gonna put him in nothing that I wouldn't wear. You know what I'm saying? Um, now I'm not necessarily spending the money because he don't really care about shoes like that. He beat them up and all that stuff, and it's like no matters to him. Now he may ask me questions like, "What type of shoe this is?" You know, "Why'd you buy these?" And he got questions about them, but his love for it has not developed yet, and it may not. And I'm all right with that. But for your you know, who knows? He may be a late bloomer. You know what I'm saying? My little brother was so. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, man. My son, he's he's already getting into it, and he don't he don't know like, okay, these shoes came out this year. Uh, you know, uh, these shoes, you know, will cost you this amount of money. But yeah, he's definitely like way more sensitive to it than like 
than I was at his age. Okay. I was yeah, sensitive yeah. to it, but I didn't I didn't I, I knew better than to ask for particular pairs of shoes. It's okay. like wait, 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 Keaton, he'll like he'll ask for specific shoes and specific brands. So yeah. like, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's there's what's a kid up, man. he admires who in fact I know there is. There is a kid at school that he kinda admires his style. And that's what's up, man. Tell him to talk to me anytime he wants to, man. I, I oh, got absolutely. Him, I him in the right direction. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. My son is crazy with it, man. Like he's had over, he's had more more, more pair of Jordans than I have, and mm. he's had over, he's had over twelve phones. And the boy, yeah. he ain't even ten yet, man. It's, I I told you this trauma to mess me up, man. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. your son is reaping the benefits from that trauma. Yeah. 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 He want them, uh, you know those. Uh, I call them, I call them a fingerprint phones that just dropped like a month, two months ago. Mm-hmm. Really expensive. He he want them. They, he ain't getting mm. them, but he want. Them. <laughs> he ain't getting them though. Now, yeah. Here's a question for you, Reggie. You wake up in the middle of the night. Your house is on fire. <laughs> you can only grab three pairs of shoes. <clears throat> okay. Your wife got the kids, so they good. Okay. You can only th- grab three pairs of shoes. What three pairs you grab? I'm grabbing my my Nike Yeezy ones. Mm-hmm. I'm grabbing my UNC off whites. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. And I'm grabbing my Joe. You talking Fresh about Hood. the? You talking about the 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 rookie ones or the or the the, the other one, the patent leather ones? I got the UNC. Um, Jordan one off white. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, you a sneakerhead for real. So I got them my my Nike Yeezy ones, the tan pair, and I would probably because you said my house on fire, so I, I got to recoup some things. So right, I probably <laughs> I probably would grab my my Joe Fresh Good New Balances. I know y'all don't know what those are, but I'm gonna Google those. So right now they retailing in my size for like almost four grand. Man, man, you a real? And they call it the what? The Joe Fresh? Joe Fresh, good <coughs> New Balances. We're not retailing, but they reselling. I would say they reselling oh, right seen now. I've seen these. I've seen. So they the red pair was a, a, a Chicago All Star release. And they were only Chicago released. So there are not a lot of pairs and only really a few got a pair. Um, so I got a pair. And they were of that year, they was like top five or top 10 best sneaker of the year. But because they were so rare, like I said, they re- they reselling for like 3,400, 3,500. So mm-hmm. I, would, I would probably take them with me because I could probably sell them and then I can get a couple thousand and, you know, put myself up in a hotel for a couple of days until the insurance money clear up and all that other good stuff. But uh, Okay, okay. That would yeah, be I've my seen, three. I've seen those. I've seen those around. Okay. Um, do you run into a lot of female sneakerheads? I do. I do. Really? It's, it's, it's funny, man. It's a lot of them out here, um, which is really dope. Um the only ones that can actually get shoes. True. I mean, it's getting harder now though because yeah. they want they want 
the price of a male shoe for their shoe now and they like right. upset about that but um it is a lot of chicks that wear um sneakers and again it's more available because also too sample size shoes come in smaller sizes so like a sample shoe is i think it doesn't go any higher than a size nine so you can get a sample shoe from like a six to a nine and so sometimes it's just you know those pairs and those sizes are a little bit more available than the tens, the ten and a halves, eleven and a halves, because they just make more. And in the, in the, I guess I think even the average like shoe size is like a, a true a true shoe size is a nine or a, a, a ten or something like that. So so it, they don't really make a lot of elevens and eleven halves for fear that they'll sit on the shelf. Mm, okay. So um, I do see a lot of women. And they actually be having a lot of heat, is what we say, uh, in terms of a lot of rarity or a lot of, you know, nice shoes. Um, they be having it. They really do. Okay. And they okay. girls, too. So guys be buying them shoes. They be buying them. They sell shoes. They, it be, it be a lot. But, uh, yeah, they, they definitely got some shoes. Yeah, it's a lot of ladies sneakerheads. Actually, the, uh, the AJ1s, man, they be coming out with the best colorways for the girls. Yeah, it's actually a girl that's actually started designing a lot of Jordan shoes, and her her shoe her shoe became the shoes she's been designing have been come becoming so popular that guys have been buying. Them. Yeah, they the be the best colors, man. They get the best colorways. Yeah. All right, I got I got two more questions for you. No, what's the no. What's the strangest thing you ever had to do for a pair of shoes or the craziest <laughs> hoops or the craziest hoops you had to jump through for a pair of shoes? This is the this is one question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So craziest thing I've ever done for a shoe. Uh, I camped out overnight. Um, <laughs> I camped out overnight at a mall. All right. Me and some other guys that we always end up at the same stores was there come to talking to them they found out what door was going to open first bam so we all at this door and when i when i tell you like camped out like and these dudes is like this is what they do i'm talking about like launches tents they some of them they was getting pizza delivered like it's like a real camp out like they legit and it was cold it was like winter time but i mean like we, we out there you know what i'm saying we out there so, crazy story. Some other dudes come. They got another door, and the, my, the one of the guys is like, "Man, they, you know, they some rookies. Like, they don't know. They never gonna open that door." So, time is coming. The door is about to open. All of a sudden, we see that door open. Come to find out, the dudes paid the dude like five hundred dollars to open the door first. Wow. Oh, so no. anyway. They open that door first. They do open our door like next. So it might have been like 10 minutes. By this time, though, it's the next morning. It's like almost 10 a.m. And it's a long line behind us. Now, the line is to get in the mall. So once you get in the mall, you still got to get to the store to stand in another line. So now it's a matter of which store you're going to go to to figure out which got your size or the most chances of you getting your size so 
the door open and it becomes no longer like first person in line. It's who's the fastest. So door open, bam, everybody gets to run in. Wait, which mall is like, this? Is, this is Ford City, believe it or not. I knew it was Ford City. What I was thinking. Door, door opens, everybody hits the running. So we running through the full court, <laughs> full speed. And you should have just seen like it was like it was like cockroaches cut a light on like everybody went different ways because it's a it's like it's like seven different sneaker stores in in um in uh four city so there's like a champs there's like two different foot lockers there's a uh a jimmy jazz like it's a bunch of places so everybody spread out and so i end up going to let's just say dtli which is another sneaker store i go there I'm the first one in line. I had a homie that was with me. He goes to like Jimmy Jazz. He was like third in line. Somebody else go, you know, like we just all over the place. So I end up getting my pair. Um, he end up getting in line. Some people in front of him, they end up fighting. What? After he, they bought their shoe or whatever. Uh, he end up, then when they was fighting, they set their shoes down. He end up picking up their shoes and <laughs> A shoe that he bought at the store that wasn't even his size because they ran out. He was like, dude, I ain't just sitting in this line for nothing. So he just bought a size just so he could trade up because that's what people do all the time anyway. Mm -hmm. So um, he ended up walking away with two shoes. So he sold both pairs so that he can get his one pair, end up making a profit of a thousand dollars. And uh, I got, and I just got my pair. I didn't spend like no extra money or nothing crazy. I just paid retail, got my shoe, walked out the out the mall, went home. Now, which shoe was this again? This was a LeBron South Beach shoe. Oh, twelve, wow. right? This was they was the eighth. Okay. So LeBron had a South Beach shoe. I want to say right now the shoe is still like retail, like in the thousand. I mean, not retail, resale, and like in the thousands. But um, yeah, when we when we was in line, I'm talking about gunning for it everybody ran spaced out got my shoes and like i said he didn't get his pair he got like two size nines believe it or not so he went online posted it on ebay sold one pair for a thousand sold the other pair for like 1500 and then he found his shoe for like i think 500 and like i said he made a profit of like a thousand two thousand dollars something like that Oh man. Yeah, Reggie, because uh, you the fastest dude. You one of the fastest dudes I never hooped against. So it came with speed. You was there. Well, yeah, that's why I was first in line at my yeah, store. Like, exactly. I ain't had no problem. <laughs> I didn't have no you problem getting to the store. Them other fools couldn't stand a chance, man. Like, <laughs> nah, I remember. I remember when you. I remember when you raced Brandon at the congregation picnic, and you you, you actually raced him back, running backwards, and still beat him. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's uh, that's that's definitely a gift I have. I can definitely, <laughs> I definitely got got some traction. All right, man. My last and final question, man: Have you ever gotten got and robbed, or had someone steal your sneakers? No, really, never, never, never ran into that situation. Never. Never had that happen to me. It was close, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, a couple, couple close cars. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm about to get jumped, but I never, never got my sneakers stolen. Never, 
never ran into none of them problems. Uh, thankfully, you know what I'm saying? Thankfully. Okay. All right. Yeah, I wish I wish I did have a story to tell you about that, but nah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm like you said, man. I'm fast, man. So I ain't never had no issues <laughs> running from nobody and getting away with my sneakers still on my feet. All right, all right. I'm glad to hear that, man. Glad to hear yeah. that, man, bro. Thanks for thanks for doing this interview, man, and uh, 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 opening us up, opening up that world to us, man. I, I've always had questions, you know, about you know sneakerhead culture and. Um, you know, you you answered a lot of them, so uh, appreciate it, man. Definitely, definitely yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, right. No problem, man. I'm some, I'm some great questions, so I'm glad I was able to, uh, you know what I'm saying, answer. No, not a problem, man. I, I was glad you was able to, 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 to answer them too, man. All right, that will take us now to our uh, next segment for the night our album face off. and. This week, we got two albums from 1999 uh, going up against each other. The first one being uh, Home Field Advantage uh, by the group The High and Mighty. And they'll be going up against the album A Musical Massacre by The Beat Nuts. Uh, now, uh, Home Field Advantage, uh, this was their debut album uh, from the Philadelphia duo of Mr. Eon and DJ Mighty Mai. The album was released on August 24th, 1999 on Raucous Records. It was produced by DJ Mighty Mai, Alchemist, and Reef, and clocks in in 19 tracks in 62 minutes. Then in the other corner, we have A Musical Massacre, which is the third album from the Beat Nuts, released August 10th, 1999 on Loud Records, uh, two weeks prior to, to Home Field Advantage. Uh, and that album was produced uh, entirely by the Beat Nuts and clocks in in 19 tracks and 63 minutes. So as um, far as length, they're, they're pretty evenly matched. But I want to put it up to you all. Did you all get to check these albums out? And if so, which one were y'all feeling more and why? All right. I get a floor to y'all. Um, I mean, I, I don't really have too much to say too about it. Um, so I can go first. You know what? I, I, I like High Mighty, believe it or not. Um, it does take me back to that era of like 99. Um, but um, with that being said, uh, the sound of the Beat Nuts was like, I just remember their sound of this album and um, like how kind of like, I don't know, like I want to use the word like refreshing it was. Like the beats were so upbeat and everything, like it just seemed like they were having a good time in terms of like rhyming. Um, I'm gonna go with the beat nuts on this one, a musical massacre. Okay, all right, understood, understood. All right, Jamil, between Home Field Advantage and a musical massacre, man, which one were you feeling more and why? Short and sweet, I'm going with Home Field Advantage because, uh, as I said, <laughs> beat nuts allowed for a missy disc to slide through on the album and they put it out. I can't have that. <laughs> a what disc? Missy. Oh, they put a Missy disc on it. <laughs> I have it. Nah, um, I give it a. I, I did give it a fair listen. Now, that was a shocking <laughs> revelation. I didn't remember that from before. Yeah, I didn't um, catch it until you told me about it. What's What's wild about it is like Eon is clearly a better MC than than Cycles or Juju, like by far. Um. But production-wise, the beat nuts kind of, kind of had it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was very much a consistent album. Um, it was a lot of fun, but like that home field advantage had, had you know, bar. It was a bar fest. Um, mm-hmm. Even at its even at its worst. Um, just lyrically, they were, you know, Eon is just better. Like there's there's no no dispute in that. And then when it came to the, the features, pretty much everybody brought it. Um, so it's it, you know it's kind of hard to argue with home field advantage. But I'm gonna do it anyway. I went with the Beat Nights, a musical massacre, um, mainly because even though Eon's lyrics were better, it, it just I, I think I go back to the beat nuts a little more frequently than I go back to home field advantage. Like I'll listen to a particular track here and there, but I don't think I've listened to this album all the way through in, in years since, um, I mean, you know, prior to the, uh, the face off. Yeah. Okay. So you're giving it to the beat nuts as well. All right. Uh, for me, myself, man, I, I gotta say, I, I love both these albums, both these groups. Y'all already know I'm, I'm a big beat nuts fan. You know, High and Mighty, they were one of those groups that were that were highly slept on back then. And, you know, they they have been putting out a couple of records prior to this album dropping. So they I remember at the time they were kind of like building up some steam and building up a little buzz for themselves. And y'all y'all already touched on it with the beat nuts with how polished their production was for an underground group, essentially. Um, you know, for me, uh this was this was Hard, but not that hard. I'm honestly giving the edge to the high and mighty man for with, with home field advantage. This album is it's, it's it feels like a time capsule almost. It's like very much so. You know, here's a list of the guest MCs. You had Cool Keith, Eminem, Most Death, A Panty B Fly, Wordsworth, Thurston Howe the Third, Mad Skills, The Far Right, and Evidence. Like they got like the who's who of the underground rap scene at that time. And as Jamil brought out, like like every single one of these guest appearances, they 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 brought it. They brought something dope and um, you know, just seamless with the album. They, they had they had contributions that just fit in seamlessly. And Mr. Eon's voice just, you know, is his voice is just dope to me. And and the production was consistent, you know. It was it was just it was just a consistent it, like like this is probably probably one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time you know um, hmm. speaking of home field advantage just because of you know when I caught the album and you know the the replay value it, it continues to have like like it's probably been at least a couple years since I I listened to it from beginning to end but going back and reviewing it I'm like man it's god dang this still holds up now. Not to take away from the Musical Massacre, though, because I feel Musical Massacre is the Beat Nuts most consistent album. But that being said, it still had a couple of skips on it. Like the song with the Missy disc, Muchacha, whatever. Like I never caught it because I never listened to it all the way through. (laughs) You know, and it's, it's like one of the first tracks on the album. It's like I remember the intro being dope. And then like the first two tracks were kind of disposable. And then the album gets going with like track four and then it's a couple of songs after that that are kind of like just i could kind of take or leave but i mean they they do a good job with, with bringing some balance to the to their hijinks because the beat nuts 
and High Money for that matter. They they both rap about the same thing. Weed women yeah. and you know, hijinks, you know. So as far as content goes, they're also very similar, but I, I just felt the high and mighty was just more consistent. And the beat nuts kind of the album got a little goofy at times where it's like once you once you listen to it after the first few times you listen to it, it's like, okay, I, I know where all the punchlines and jokes are at. And they don't hit the same anymore, you know. And as a result, it, the, the album just doesn't age as well. In addition to the fact that it's got probably, I would say maybe three or four tracks that that are skippable, you know. Musical Massacre, it felt like another notch, you know, on the Beat Nuts, uh, Beat Nuts belt. Whereas Home Field Advantage, it felt like a mission statement for hip hop, you know. It just, it just, did. you know, it just did. Real, well, I wanted to ask you too. What was y'all's favorite tracks from either album? Um, now I gotta look at the track list. Hold on. I would say for Home Field Advantage, why can't I think of the name of the song? It just it just dropped. Shaquana Eon definitely. Um, I can't remember the name of the joint with Eminem. The last hit. Last hit. Thank you. Oh. Eminem's first verse on the last hit was was insane. And my third one is probably, uh, I'm going to have to look at the track list too. I can hear the beat, but I can't think of the name of it. Um, As far as me, I, I like the the, uh, the single off the beat nuts, Watch Out Now. But um, I also like the song that they have with uh, Big Pun and Cuban Link. Oh, Slam um, Pit. Yeah, that was called. Um, that's what you said it right. That's yeah, what it's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that I like the best joint. That was my. That was the two songs that I I like the most off that album. Yeah, I would go with. I'm probably go with the B nuts. I'll go with Slam Pit, and and probably Buddha in the air, and uh, with the High and Mighty. I'm gonna go with the half and Dirty Decibels. Yeah, Buddha in the mm-hmm. air was was nice too. Yeah, that Eminem verse, man. Um, <clears throat> where he said, uh, he said, I'm, I'm emailing you at the wrong website and misspelling you, prank you and put the fear of helling you, escape Bellevue, stuff the nurse in a purse, disperse like I added too many words in a verse, <laughs> Slim Shady, a perverted version of birth, driving off, leaving a murder virgin to church. It was, this was, this was prime Eminem right here. Like, that wasn't even the best verse. That was the second one. You're right. Yeah, that was the second verse. But I mean, it was it was fire. But it's always his first verse for me. But that one, the 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 laid out and the stretcher don't get carried away now part. Right. <laughs> say, what did he say? Uh, my nine is lifting you six feet when I spray rounds. Hit you with twelve shots in midair and four more on a way down. Eight straights raised through with kids hair on the playground. You get laid out in the stretcher. Don't you can't read away now. now. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, that was that was dope. That was dope. Um, you had most um, death on there. I forgot about Feral Munch. Yeah, just on the hook. Yeah, they yeah they had him on the hook, but um, but yeah, man, it's that man to me that that home field advantage slaps, man. And then that that the track at the tail end, uh, mind, soul, and body, like the way they did that scratching hook, like it was just. Man, that it's just that's just classic hip hop right there, you know. Yeah, um, that's real. They they call lightning in the bottle with that with this album because they they haven't been able to come close to anything 
uh, like like home field advantage since. So, but yeah, I, I, I'll give the give the edge to to High and Mighty, and you all are riding with the beat nuts. So, all right. So real quick, I ain't get to throw my oh, uh, my joints in for the music. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. So I'm gonna go with uh, Slam Pit. Um, the intro was was crazy. Um, Look around and uh, Coco Coco Tasso was my three. Okay, okay, yeah. Look around with their prayers was dope. I, it was they kind of got out their comfort zone a little bit with that one. So we yeah. appreciate it. Uh, you know, they actually did an introspective track. But um, but there you have it. We got two for the beat nuts and one for high and mighty. Um, so at this time we will dive right into our usual segment around this time that we do. Uh, what you're bumping where i invite y'all to share with the listeners what y'all been bumping for the past week or so so uh reggie man this past week man what you been bumping uh, <clears throat> I was listening to that Corday album from a bird's eye view. Oh, what you um, think of it? I think it's dope, man. Um, I think it's dope. I think, I think, I think he's missing something, but I think he has. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's missing though. Like it's it's like a it's like a level of intensity or something that I think he's missing. Like the dude can no doubt rap. I, I think he can put a song together. He can definitely storytell, but there's there's like some element to him. I believe that's missing that like that can put him in that great category. I agree. I agree. There's a there's a hidden chamber there that he has not yet discovered within himself. Yeah, I haven't figured it out what that is yet, but like, you know I think it's like life experience, honestly. Maybe he's gonna get it. a little older and that's gonna that's gonna just mature his sound a little bit. Yeah. I like the fact that he ta- he touches on like he's vulnerable, he touches on subjects that like was uh, affecting him personally you know what i mean like mom or aunties uncles on drugs them all sleeping in the same house like i i love that aspect of it but like i said there's just some level of intensity or some level of like seriousness that that he lacks and um but i'm here for it i'm, I'm i know he i know at some point it will happen and yes, uh so I'm, somebody's I'm gonna diss him or say something slick and it's gonna, gonna awaken, lose it yeah it's gonna, yeah, gonna awaken lose yeah, I agree with that. Um, I was listening to that. Um, I was listening to Nick Grant, Carolina Diaries. Oh, he got a new one? It's an EP. He actually does have a new album. I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but it's called Welcome to Loveland. It looked like it's a uh, like an experimental album or like a, a, a themed type album. Um, so I haven't got a chance to listen to it. But I, I, um, I will on the next um, podcast, the next episode, rather, I'll, I'll be able to uh, tell you how I feel about that one. But that one is called Welcome to Love Lane. Um, Nick Grant. It just came out. So uh, January 14th. I'm going to check that out. OK. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to hearing that and seeing what that's about. Um, I also listened to uh, Jim Jones, uh, DJ Drama, uh, Gangsta Grills. Um, I'm a fan of Jim Jones now, which is like frightening. <laughs> True, like I just can't believe like all of a sudden he can rap now. Like it's crazy. 
I don't understand. Nah, that's like, news to me. You, huh? <laughs> I said, that's news to me. <laughs> what you mean, news to you? I ain't know he could rap. I ain't never heard him. Dude, nothing I, can, I thought was, like, I was, impressed, I was impressed by. I can tell you an album, and if you listen to it, you would actually be impressed or shocked that okay. it's him. Like, because, I mean, let's, let's, I mean, he was never really a rapper. Like, even on The Diplomats, like, he was just... He did other things, you know what I'm saying? Like right. he just wasn't the rapper. Yeah, he was and a glorified came... Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like they dang dash, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, he came out with balling, which was a party anthem, and so that's what you known him for, like to make a party hit. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, you know, whatever. But he came out with like an album that might have been like one or two albums ago, um, and I mean like shockingly like it is very good and so you know you fast forward and i find myself like if he has an album i'm going to listen to it because it has w- been that good um this album though necessarily not so much um but i understand why he put this album out this was more for his hometown new york and he was paying tribute to all like the young cats that's coming up and so like all of them are featured on every track Oh, okay. So, mm. so although he's yeah, although he's he's doing a verse, like he has like every up and coming artist from New York doing their thing and like getting a chance to shine. And again, I, he just putting on for his city. So I, I understand that. Um, and it's a it's it's okay. There's some songs in there that you know would definitely catch your ear. Um, he got a song with um, what is it? Who is it? Um, hold on. Oh, Dave East, Fabulous, and is it Jadakus? No, Mano. It's called uh, Fit Lit. Okay. That's a song that, you know, you like, okay, I can listen to this because Dave East going to give you what Dave East going to give you. Fabulous going to give you what Fabulous going to give you. Mano actually does a decent verse, and Jim Jones actually does a good verse. So, you know, it's a great song. Um, but, yeah. Um, other than that, um, I've been listening to a bunch of playlists. Uh, Apple Music got a playlist called Bars, where it's nothing but guys who who can rap. So I, I would want y'all to check that out if y'all got Apple Music because it's pretty interesting. I, I don't, I don't. Okay, it's pretty interesting. Um, one of the one of the top songs on there was uh, well the first song on that on there was the game and Kanye, but Ooh. then it gets into some other artists that just recently put out songs like just this year or the end of last year and it's just songs so they it's not an album or a song from an album and it's pretty dope it's pretty dope i'm like four or five tracks in so far i've heard jid earth gang papoose um dj mugs and rigs nick oh, grant I, I did i did get a chance to check out the mugs and rigs so it's just songs from these these artists but man it's it's good because it's nothing but bars, like they said. So you kind of get to hear what, you know, some new artists come across you and, you know, get to explore a little bit. I, I heard um, Joey Bad and Pusha T song, No Explanation. It's pretty dope. I mean, I didn't even know he had new music out, Joey, Joey B. I didn't either. That's what I'm saying. Either. Like, I just came across this, this, this track and I'm like, yo, what is this? And he I has thought... a three song EP called the light pack and so oh, wow. one of the one of the singles is him featuring push a t yeah i'm here for that one yeah 
And I'm like, can't wait for Pusha T album to come out. I don't know if, if y'all was saw. Oh, absolutely. He, uh, he previewed his album on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, people were going nuts. And his album was being previewed at the Louis, Louis Vuitton runway. And um, everybody was talking about it there, too. Yeah, for the Paris Fashion Week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they was like, people been just, that's all they've been talking about is his album and how good it is. So I'm, I'm like, I don't know if it's coming out this Friday or what, but I'm here for it. Yeah, I hope he hurry up and drop it, man. Because he, he was supposed to come out last year. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I'll definitely be checking for it. Because no he's supposed to be getting back with the Neptunes for a part of it, right? Like Kanye doing part in the Neptunes. Yeah, doing part. yeah. Yep, Kanye did half, which is probably what the holdup was. But uh, for real, right. did the other half. Okay, all, all right. right. I'm definitely here for that. All right, Jamil, man, what you been bumping? Um... I am back on uh, my, my Jay-Z Trek. And so this week's offering was uh, Kingdom Come. Uh, I didn't like that one. I didn't like that one as much as I like American Gangster. So wait a minute, I, I missed this. So you on a Trek, you started from the front or you ended, you started from the back and going to the, to the front? I'm doing every everything after, after the Black Album because I really haven't listened to much of his music past that. Like oh, not okay. the whole album. Okay. So I'm uh, I'm going through them. I I, I should have started with Kingdom Come, but I started with American Gangster. Okay. And I think the next one is Blueprint Three is what I'm gonna do next. American Gangster is probably one of my top five Jay Z albums. I can see I can see why that that was that was a really good one. I enjoyed it's, that one. A lot of people, it went it didn't go it went over a lot of people's heads. I don't know if they thought it was just a, what you call it, like a track list. I mean, a, a soundtrack to the to the movie. Yeah. But I mean, like you hear some of his best work in some of them songs. I agree. I it's absolutely fun. agree. It's funny you mentioned that, Jamil. I too have been on bit of a on a bit of a Jay Z track uh, myself, specifically oh, pre Black album. Welcome to my world, guys. <laughs> I got seats I mean, available. I seats on my bus, man. It's I, I got mean, a couple of them left. I mean, like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, 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 I've, I've been. I, I would call myself like. Uh, I've been checking for Jay's music maybe since two thousand three. Anyway, so okay. But I just just revisiting stuff, stuff that I already have heard, but I wanted to give it a little bit more in depth listen. No doubt, and no doubt. I was just bumping. Uh, I'm sorry, Jamil. Did I cut you off? Go ahead, yeah. go ahead. Cause I mean, I got I got a couple more, but finish. You you good? My, my wife is always telling me like I be cutting you off on the show, so I. <laughs> <laughs> we good. Cause I be cutting people off all the time. <laughs> okay, all right. And she'd be like, you don't know let Jamil talk. But uh, volume one, I was listening to. And like, while it's definitely, he definitely went sideways from where he was at on Reasonable Doubt. There's still some really, really good stuff on there. Like, it is some heat on there. I see why, like, hardcore Jay-Z fans mess with that album so much. And to be honest, the tracks that people hate... They good. Ain't, ain't really that bad. Like they actually good. <laughs> was Sunshine really like all that different from what was what Puff was putting on the radio? It's not. I didn't expect us to take us serious, take him seriously as a rapper though. It's it's not. It wasn't as bad, but even what he's talking about on that song is dope. It's just it sounded it's just bad. The, 
it was no it was the it was the video the visual you got before you actually heard the song yeah the 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 the, the video was mad colorful you know and so the so i think that just kind of deterred people from like oh he's just another one of them but when you listen to the album you know what i'm saying like it's incredible well i'm not gonna say incredible but it's very good i put yeah. it like that it's very good yeah it's i mean it's definitely a grade below reasonable doubt but it's still a good album yeah, yeah. that's bad but go ahead so Jamil. okay so you said you said you listening to uh the black album and you said you were listening to american gangster and you said you were about to say why you like the american gangster as opposed to the black album i mean not the oh, black album uh kingdom come kingdom come yeah there you go um it, i like the um i like this pairing with the hitman i like the sound that they had but uh, his bar game was was uh definitely a step up on american gangster i think um with kingdom come it felt he felt comfortable mm-hmm. i don't think he i don't think he really like pushed himself very mm-hmm. much on there and it had a couple of songs that was just not good like beach chair i did not like at all i agree i didn't really care for hollywood for real I agree, and it's the the songs that were like okay. It it was more it was more mediocre than it was good. Mm-hmm. Now the songs that were good were good. Like Lost Ones was really good. Lost Ones was good, and um, I like Minority Report. Minority Report. Show me what you got only... was good. I didn't like Show Me What You Got. Oh uh, man, that drums just blaze on the drums. That beat is phenomenal. I, you know what? I prefer the Lil Wayne version over the Jay Z version of that. Really? And I, you, y'all know I don't even like Wayne like that either. <laughs> yeah. Except, and we were just talking about this. Our Wayne feature game is has been crazy lately, and he was just on his track with Papoos. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. With with who else was on that? Buster was on there. Remy was on there. Pap was on there, and I think Lil Wayne stole the show. Mm-hmm. Again. Yeah, he's good he's for awesome. that. He's good for that. Shot. I'm, I'm, I'm utterly shocked. Um, but yeah, I listened to the J. I listened to um, Elzai seven, t- uh, seven times up, eight times, um, seven times down, eight times up. Mm-hmm. And um, this, this, uh, I don't even really know how to describe her sound. She's not really, not really R&B, not really like soul for real. She's kind of folky kind of deal, but her name is um, uh, Valerie June, I think, or Victoria June, whatever her name is. It was uh, Valerie June is her name, and the name of the album is called uh, The Moon and Stars. It's it's a it's an interesting sound. She's got a really beautiful voice, um, and it's a real chill album, but it's, it's definitely different, and I, I kind of dig it, but I think it's one that has to grow on you. But I would say give it a shot. Okay. All right. I will definitely do that. Um, myself, I haven't been bumping much. I was bumping the Jay-Z uh, 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 Volume 1 in my lifetime. I was also bumping Mad Lib, his the Beat Conductor in Africa album um, with those instrumentals, those African instrumentals. I was also bumping the new Shane Noir album, uh, Food for Thought. Um, I got to give it another listen because I, I honestly... 
I mean, she's spitting on there, but the, the, the production on there to me was not very impressive. So I'll give it another listen, you know, and try to give it a fair shot. And I've also been bumping Fetty, uh, the album with Currency, Freddie Gibbs, and Alchemist. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I, I love that album. Like, I got an unpopular opinion about that album and the album that it's better than. Um, and uh, I, I, I'll wait before I... <laughs> I get into that. I wait to the right right moment to get into that. But there's a there's a there's a very uh, critically acclaimed hip hop album that's also a collab album that I, I feel Fetty is better than. Um, mm. So, um, but yeah, that's what I've been bumping, and um, that's pretty much it. Um, Jamil, you got any album anniversaries for us? So let me grab that list. Uh, celebrating five years, nothing. 10 years, nothing. 15 years, nothing. <laughs> I had to go all the way back 20 years uh, to get KRS-One spiritually minded and nothing else. I, I remember the album. I don't remember hearing it, but I thought the name was stupid. And I was, KR, I remember KRS kind of getting on my nerves around this time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would rather hear him rap and talk when he talks it makes me not want to listen to his music yeah yeah he can he can become kind of insufferable like yes you know I, i'm 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 the la- the last k album i actually checked and liked was probably i got next from like 97 wow i do remember enjoying that album thoroughly but that was that was right before he really started like popping up in hip-hop documentaries and stuff and right you know and it's messed up because I mean his bargain in the second and none is just he's he's a gas bag man like that <laughs> just don't want to hear it sometimes you see hip hop is something you live <laughs> rap is something you do yeah like we all explain stuff that we already know bro right, we, we already know talking this. to we Who already is know that you talking to right he started his own temple of hip hop and everything. Yeah, yeah. Try to introduce a fifth element into the. Nah, I don't even get started. It's like, all right, dude. But uh, all right. Shout out to KRS One for that for that twentieth anniversary. But uh, did you? I was gonna say but, very quickly. Did you guys hear the interview with Jay Z when he was discussing about that first album and why he hates it so much? I mean, that second I album. Why he's one? I didn't hear the interview. I didn't hear the interview. I saw him tweet something. I think it's uh, it you probably can like what Quest Love said. I think it's recorded, right? It was in response to what Quest Love said. But he said he hates Volume One. That's his worst. That's he feels like that's his worst album. And he said the reason being is because he knew what it could have been. He said the like right. the first couple of songs on the album was like imaginary player, like all of like the stuff that's like the dopest on the album. And then I guess like for some reason like. I don't know if it was because of like he was trying to fulfill like rec- uh, the label's request, like the album went left. And he was like saying if he, if he would have stuck true to his guns, it would have came out totally different and way better. Yeah. Which is why volume two came out and he was like, you know, on another, like so gutter with it, I can sort of speak. It was like so unapologetic. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I do recall seeing a, a, a headline about it. Um, uh, yeah, oh yeah, him actually saying, which I, I was actually shocked to hear. Like, I was like, oh wow, like, I didn't know he felt that way. Yeah. I guess I can understand it if somebody persuaded you to do something contrary to the way you, you know, the direction you wanted to go, and then like you regret it. So I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. But there you have it, folks. Uh, that is our show for the evening. Uh, we will be back next week uh, and um, with more topics, another album face-off, and hopefully another interview. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, we will see y'all next week. And I'm going to say peace. Peace, peace, peace.
Faith go, faith go. Your folks are all-